Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Bill Moran, and welcome to the Golden Mike Experience. On behalf of the village at Northridge and all of our listeners, we want to dedicate this special episode to Elaine and the Eifer family who lost Bert on the 25th of March this year. We thank him for his service and will always remember him as the good man, loving father, and devoted husband that he was. Rest in peace, Bert. Thank you for sharing your message of love with the world. Hi everybody, I'm Bill Moran, and you're listening to the Golden Mike Experience. Let's go back to World War II. It goes down as the biggest war of all time, and the Battle of the Bulge was one of the deadliest in American history. The year? 1944. It was a cold, brutal winter, and our first guest, 97-year-old Bert Eifer, he was right there. Bert, welcome to the program, and I want to thank you, first of all, for your service. Thank you very much. How did you get into the service? When did you, when did you join the Army? I wasn't happy what was going on, and I was touched by the war, especially the Holocaust, which we didn't know much about, mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted to serve. How old were you when you when you went in? I was I was uh, 19. nineteen. Nineteen years of age. Yeah. Uh, do you think you were prepared for it? Emotionally? Not at all. Not at all. Well, did you come anywhere? Did you come close at all to a near death experience? War April morning, mm-hmm. and uh, we came to the to our gun. Uh, we're at our gun positions, and I put a. a sleeping bag on the ground next to a fence and was and I was in my underwear and then shells start coming in this was after the war I mean we had a battle after the war and the shells were coming in and the first shells came right into a tree above our heads but they turned out to be, it was mainly one and it was a dud I think it would kill us all and, and they started coming in with more shells, and I started running down the road. I think I was barefoot in underwear. And every time I heard a shell coming in, I felt I had a target drawn on my back. I mean, not kidding around, I really felt I had it. And every time a shell would come close, I would hit the, hit the road, with a dirt road, and roll into the bushes, which were all berry bushes with a lot of prickers. And I got all scratched up as far as it went. The rest of our guns blew up their guns and they, they uh, surrendered. And they, uh, some of the kids uh, in the French army, young, young, young kids, went out and brought them back in. That was, that was a toughie. That whole war, the fatalities, has got to be the, the most probably of any war this country's been in. Yes, I can give you an idea. Oh, uh, give me an idea. I give you an idea, okay. Yeah. If for the USA, we lost uh, 2,882,000 soldiers. The stats yeah. tell it all, don't they? Yeah, but different sources have a little bit different 
figures, yeah. but these are very up to date. And I, and I can talk about, uh, if, if you want to talk about uh, the Jews in the Holocaust. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because that's, a, that's an important factor in this war, too. It was a, a gigantic it was, factor. It was a terrible factor. Tell me. Okay. Uh, now, the Nazis attempted to annihilate all the Jews in Europe. All the Jews in Europe. That was the Holocaust. And by any means and all means possible, first by starvation and mass shooting, uh, then they, uh, then the gas chambers, large large numbers on gas chamber, experimental medicine, uh, fatigue, people died of fatigue, uh, and for men, women, and children of all ages, they were killed. They were just killed. Yeah, uh, eleven million Jews. Live, were living in Europe at that time, and the Nazis destroyed, murdered, about six million of them. Did you see any of that? Did I see any of that? You, um, you, you're, you're Jewish yourself, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Did you? No, no. We knew there was a Holocaust, but there was no concentration camp until after the war, uh, and then we went back and we really saw a lot of them. Uh, we, we, we had very little of that. We saw them on, on boxcars going by. We saw them in trucks being hauled around. But uh, that's as much as we, we saw. Was there any bias against you because they knew you were Jewish in terms of... Not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. No, sir. You were, you were one of the boys. I was one of the boys. What was eating like? <clears throat> very, very different at different times. We had a, uh, a mess sergeant who I met before the war at training. He was kind of an anti-Semitic guy. FDR was Jewish and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and when we were out in the, in the snow there for 54, 60 hours, they would sometimes just come by and drop all frozen stuff in cans, drop it in the snow, and we'd have to find a way to open it. And we have to we ate the snow because we didn't have any liquid. Wow! But then for a while, we had truck drivers with associated with their, our unit, and they would go into the to the warehouses, and when other guys were lining up or filling up their trucks, they would steal the trucks oh my God. and bring it back to us. But all we had it was spam, and it was not a it was not a gourmet situation. <laughs> I guess not. Um, looking at the war, looking at you in the war, uh, you you did wander and you did run into some Germans, and I'm wondering, did any did you run into any Germans that were friendly towards you? Uh, we were parked in a road in a small German town, going on the grass and on the driveway to try to sleep. And a lady came out of the house, a nice two-story house. And she said, in English, would you like some cupcakes or strudel or something like that? And she went upstairs to make it. Then she came down and she said to me, because I was the closest guy, I said, she said, I imagine you haven't slept in a bed for months and months. I said, yeah. She said, my husband would like to invite you up. We have an extra bedroom. Were you scared to accept that? I was a little wary. And when I went up there, I had put a, had put a knife under my, my pillow. 
Yeah. In the, in the middle of the night, I had to go to the bathroom, and I, I would have to walk past their bedroom, which was, the door was open. So I climbed up on the windowsill in the hallway and urinated out of that window. And there was a, a, a shelter on, down there with a tin roof. And the next morning, the husband said to the wife in German, did you know it rained last night? So, yeah. so, and then uh, <laughs> there's another one that doesn't come to mind. Right? Were you when you when when you were sleeping though? Were you aware? I mean, were you concerned as, as as you were about to fall asleep that somebody might come after you there? I fell asleep so fast. Yeah, because <laughs> I hadn't slept in a bed for maybe a half a year. I didn't care. Hadn't didn't, slept in a bed for wow half a half year. A year. Something like that. Did, so you I, you had a knife though, didn't you have a knife or I something? I took a knife up with me. Yeah. I don't know whether it was a bayonet or whatever, I don't remember, but I did have a knife. Wow. As the war ended, um, how much communication did you have during the war with your wife, if we, any? We, we, we wrote frequently. She more frequently than me. Well, Bert, you're a lucky guy. I am. I'm sitting here and I'm looking at your wife and she is a beauty and of course the story of how you and she got together and uh, I want you to tell us about that relationship. You want me to tell you? Yeah, tell me how it all started and how it, and okay. the impact of you in the, in the war. Okay. Uh, we met in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. We were attracted to each other, but there's not much you could do about that in the fourth grade. No. And then I, I, my family moved. We were in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And uh, I met her again at Ohio State. When I went to the service, we wrote frequently. And uh, we knew we were, I knew we were going to get married. Did she know? Ah, I don't think she knows yet. All right, <laughs> we're going to find out when okay. we come back. We're going to meet Elaine. Oh boy. Oh boy. A 75 year marriage, Ooh. and this woman is a knockout. We're coming right back. World War II left thousands of American women waiting for their boys to come home. There were no cell phones, hmm. there were no Zoom calls, just simple letter correspondence. And it was through these letters that our next guest, 97-year-old Elaine, fell in love with her now husband of 74 years. Welcome Elaine, and what an American romance. Uh, your memories of when you guys were in the fourth grade. Well, it was very interesting because Bert uh, had, I had just moved to the area and someone in the class, I remember Harriet Gross said to me, we have a boy for you. <laughs> and that was the fourth grade and he was up in the front of the room and uh, everybody liked him. He was friendly and they, and somehow because he was short and I was short. They thought that we would be great for each other. But very soon after that, he moved away. 
And then I didn't see him again till college. And one of my friends, Carolyn Berenson, said, guess who's on campus? Burton Eifer. And then I, because I knew he was there, I recognized him immediately at Hillel. He turned around, he was sitting in front of me, and he turned around and I said, Burton Eifer. And so that's how we met again. And um, as Bert mentioned, uh, he was there for a short time and then uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, and then he volunteered for the service at 19. So we corresponded the rest of the time. And uh, once in the correspondence, he said, this has been a revelation to me. And, uh, you know, he mentioned how much he liked me. And uh, when he was in Switzerland, in La La Lausanne, Lausanne uh, he had called and uh, was during the war, and he was able to speak to me. And uh, the only thing is, it got him so unnerved, he had a migraine. <laughs> he had a migraine headache. <laughs> yes. Women can do that to you. What was it like for you, though, when he was in the war? Well... Uh, tell us about that. And uh, It was... Um, I, I remember looking up at the moon, and I thought, we, even though we're so far away, we can each see the same moon. <laughs> and uh, I also felt that at any moment his life might be snuffed out, and I was very, very concerned. And as you say, it was one of the coldest winters, and uh, it was a very worrisome time. So we, and we wrote V-mail, and uh, a lot of people don't know what that is today. I explained it to people. Uh, the government didn't want to have heavy letters going back, right. and it was just one sheet of paper that you wrote on, and then it folded up and became the envelope and the stationery all in one. Mm -hmm. and then they reduced it, which they called microfiche, right. and uh, then the person received it. And I did receive one V-mail when I was at, I received a number, I was corresponding with different young men, and one of them that I got, it was just stamped, deceased. And I thought, if that, it was such a cruel way to learn something. And I was just wondering about that young man's mother. He was an only son. <laughs> and so if, if that's, I hope the mother got it better, but I think people came to their doors and told them. Yeah, that seemed to be, yeah. That's, so going back when he's in the war, um, yes. the communication, I mean, nowadays you got cell phones. Yes. Now, nowadays you can Zoom. Yes. Um, and it had to be much more difficult, I mean. I was always looking for letters, you're right. Was he a pretty, were his letters nice, nice and warm? They were good letters, they were warm, yes. Yeah. And, and I corresponded, of course, with good le letters. And I think we just have mine now, I don't know. When you got married, Yes. Tell us, tell us about the marriage now. Um, this was this was not a big wedding with a lot of people. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, a lot of families were engaged in weddings, and uh, we were. Bert came back without any money, without a shirt, <laughs> and he had to get a white shirt. 
but we were married in my mother's living room, and we had a rabbi come there and perform the wedding, and we had some out-of-town guests. Uh, some of my grandmother's sisters came in from Detroit, and uh, I had a lovely friend uh, who was a, a concert pianist, right. and I often thought this was a terrible thing I did to her. We didn't have a piano, but the person up the people living upstairs had a piano. We were in an apartment of four suites, and so we had them open their door, we opened our door, yeah. and uh, she played uh, the wedding march. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was very nice of her to do. It was modest, but my mother had it, the wedding catered by a Mrs. Gutentag, and we had a lovely spread on the table, and that was about it. And um, then we went um, after that for a honeymoon, and Bert's brother, who wasn't too sharp, she, he got a room for us at a hotel, and uh, it had twin beds. <laughs> Twin beds. Yes. That's that's a lot different than today, I'll tell you that. Yes, right. Twin beds. Right. Oh my gosh, back then. And so you guys are young at heart, both of you. It's amazing to look at both of you. I'm, I'm dazzled by the appearance of both of you and, and how you communicate so beautifully. Tell me what you saw in this man. Well, I did date other young men. But you did, Bert, yeah. What I enjoyed so much about Bert, he was so considerate in every way, and he had a wonderful sense of humor. So being with him was always fun. So the politeness, the endearing way he treated me, that's really what did it. You know, I was in a long marriage. My, my wife died recently. I was married yes. for 54 and a half years. But I was the boss in my house, and I had my, my wife's permission to say so. <laughs> is that the case here? I'm afraid it is. Bert looks to me, there's never, we never really argue. We don't have fights. I mean, we just talk everything over, and he looks to me for wisdom, and he feels happy with any choices I make. I know you talked earlier about how you met. Mm -hmm. which is very interesting, meeting in the fourth grade. <laughs> and look where that took you. Yes, to a very happy life. <laughs> to a very, very happy life. What is special about this guy? Every single day he tells me he loves me and how fortunate he is that he has me. Every day. <laughs> and I tell him, and we are fortunate, and I feel we're healthy enough to enjoy these years together. Uh, but every time we, we do anything together, it's enjoyable. Well, when we come back, we're going to take a stroll down memory lane with sweethearts Bert and Elaine. Folks, you don't want to miss this. Coming right back. A World War II romance.
That's the story of our couple, Bert and Elaine, who have been married for 74 years. And you know, folks, they're now living together here at the village in Northridge. You know what? I want both of you to answer this one. How have you kept the spark alive? How, do we, how have we kept it alive? Yeah, the spark. Well, she's, aside from her beauty. And there's plenty of that. Yeah, uh, she's just a sweetheart lady. We are on the, we're on the, always on the same level because of our backgrounds are similar and so on. And uh, it's, it's, it's a free and easy marriage. I don't have to say, gee, I better not say this to her, I better not say that to her. We just roll, roll on and roll on. And every day is a, every day we find something lovely. Elaine? Well, I feel that it's important not just to live this long, but it's how you live. And every day is enjoyable, and I do feel grateful for it. I feel grateful for Bert, and I'm forever asking him something to do. I, I feel even little things. Please open this jar. Please, even at the table, please open this. Uh, That'd be nice. <laughs> but he's just there every second for anything I want, and. Um, when we are together, we have conversations at the table. We notice a lot of people just sit and eat, and uh, we just enjoy each other's company. Do you want love advice from Bert and Elaine? Our millennial moment when we return. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bill Moran, host of the Golden Mike Experience, and I want to tell you about The Village, the senior living community where we record our podcast. This place, I can tell you, is gorgeous, and it gives its residents a sophisticated blend of comfort, style, endless social opportunities, and an impressive array of recreational and wellness programs. You know what? It's like a resort here. 12-hour restaurant dining, a fully equipped fitness center, heated swimming pool, a theater, internet, lounge, arts and crafts room. I'm Bill Moran. Thanks for listening. Be cool and be healthy. Well, today, I've had the honor of interviewing a beautiful couple, Bert and Elaine. Their love has spanned over seven decades. Do people ever come to both of you for advice relative to marriage? They often do. Uh, people even hear, you know, what's your secret, they'll say. But I think it's so simple. I believe that you praise, you don't criticize. 
And I think that's so important. You praise anything you like, and you just don't criticize. It's the main thing. And then, of course, you should be affectionate. You should care about a person. You should be considerate and uh, sensitive to them. How do you feel, Bert? Whatever she says. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, it's also interesting in a marriage, because I came from a 54 and a half year marriage, and I always said to myself <clears throat> that uh, if you can have an argument, I'm sure you've had your share of arguments, but when the, when the arguments, when you go to bed at night, you hug one another and you kiss one another and you show love to one another. In well, other words, it's pe peaceful when you hit... People say that, exactly. you always go to bed happily. Exactly true. But we don't have the, article, the arguments <coughs> to begin with. So it, it sounds, you know, kind of weird, but uh, we, we work everything out so peacefully that we don't feel we have to settle any scores. And we, and we do end up that we start the day with a kiss. She wakes me up with a kiss. Several times, if she's going to the doctor or something, we have a, we kiss, and at, at night we kiss and sometimes have a little discussion while we're sitting on the bed and so and on. Sometimes you sing. And sometimes, well, we both sing to each yeah. other. Well, for today's millennial moment, we have a question from 24-year-old Patricia in Marina del Rey. How do you know when you're the one? That's a good question. It's an easy question. Do you know, uh, when, when he's the one, uh, there was a young man that lived next door to me, and I knew him, and he was a wonderful person. He became a dentist and so on. He really loved me. His mother went to school with my mother. But he didn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, that he was considerate. He had a lot of good qualities and he really wanted to marry me. But to have life so much more fun with a person that has a sense of humor, I don't know if other people can get that, but I felt fortunate that we could laugh and I retort back and we just have a good time. True, it's true. Is that true? Absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. We look forward to being together. You know, as we wrap it up, and we look at where we are today, um, I just want to say to both of you, uh, you're an inspiration to the people that are listening to this podcast today. And you're living right here, right here in the village. And how long have you been here in the village? Five years. Five years. And how, how do you like it here? We enjoy it very much. It was a wonderful decision. And the people are great. The, because there's a social life. If we were in our home and we had a beautiful home, we would just be isolated. We don't have cars now. They're both of them. We, we decided not to drive anymore, fortunately for, the, for everybody. Uh, and uh, it's just nice to have all these lovely people here that we can associate with. Boy, with you, it's very clear your love was indeed here to stay. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Not for a year, forever and a day, and it's still there. I got to tell you, thanks so much for being here. And ladies and gentlemen, until next time on the Golden Mike Experience, 
I'm Bill Moran. Take care, be cool, be healthy. Thank you.